Yo, yo, yo. How are we doing? Jack Chu here. Tune it over on the, what's the date? 23rd of the 7th, 21. Um, I'm not nearly cool enough to start any show with yo, 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 am I? Let's uh, let's try and put that to bed. Um, also, that's covering, so that's the title. No such thing as non-specific chronic low back pain. But I'm going to hide that because it's a bit long, isn't it? Uh, how are you today? Um, let me know. It's a Friday show. Makes it even more interactive than usual. It also makes me, um, it's made me late today. See, I was just typing in some of the descriptions and stuff, and I had to pause for a second to think, right, what is it that I want to spit out in this direction? Because it's a contentious subject, and one that I want to clarify my thoughts on. But also, definitely get your views on, because I think it's something that a lot of people have an opinion on. So yeah, let me know if you can hear me okay. Let me know if you're joining me to chew it over, and we're going to have a, a discussion um, participate in the comments, any questions that you have, any challenges you have to the statement and description that is in the titles. Do you think there is such thing as non-specific chronic low back pain? If so, why? And uh, then, yeah, you hopefully will have a chance to hear me out and challenge me on some of my views on this subject. But also, uh, let me know any thoughts, any comments that you have on on this show or this week's shows. Uh, I'd be much appreciated because it's been a fun one. Um, I've also uh, got a few bits and pieces to, to talk about with regards to how this affects things clinically and you guys, whether or not you have a hunger for such clinical insights, right? It's a bit more clinical than policy or people really interested in the sort of policy and where it touches cultural issues and stuff. So uh, I've been trying to mix it up and that seems to be going down well. But here's your opportunity. I'm inviting that either live after the fact, email info at physio-matters.com uh, to let me know what you would like the mix of sessions to be um, is, is much appreciated. But anyway, I'm going to crack on and explain why I think there's no such thing as non-specific chronic low back pain, uh, but where that term came from. The main principle being that um, it kind of came about when when people were historically delineating by discogenic, facetogenic, neurogenic, that sort of stuff, right? So it was like that they were trying to be tissue specific and trying to imply particulars on injury we still have of course specific diagnoses with radiculopathy or spondylolisthesis or or uh, obviously more serious pathology it's more obvious and then you've got the specifics um on on the specific tissues and i would say that it's an understandable thing that when we came to realize that pain was more complex than structure. We grew up away from structuralism. We even moved, some of at least moved past a biomechanical analysis that then took it away from structuralism briefly and then realized that you know, if you move badly, you're going to overwork certain joints or whatever, or segmental control of your lumbar spine or what have you. Then it became less specific on diagnosis because people were recognizing that, well, you need to kind of group these things together in part for diagnostic reasons, it's more accurate, right? We can't be implying causation on tissues or, or, or categories we're kind of getting blurred. But then also there's a commonality there that's relevant, right? There's a pain in a region, right? So they've said, right, we can agree it's it's low back pain. Uh, and it's non-specific in, in the fact that these things can be pooled, right? Made sense. 
Um, but then the term has proliferated as something that you might see in academic papers. It's a category analysis for um, sort of a, a whole heap of different things that could be going on. It's so, But some people have considered that the, the, the downside to that, so the upside is that you, you've got a category that can be tested, that you can have it as an inclusion-exclusion criteria that can mean that that can be coded as such on an evaluation. Um, and... It's something that naturally then fits the bill for people to be able to then put a read code on it, uh, categorize it medically as a diagnosis, and then and then we're and then we're happy with that because we can test it, we can research it, we can um, make otherwise very different people then have one commonality, and therefore we can we can measure that, we can evaluate it, audit it. How many back pain patients do we see as distinct from sometimes say sciatica or what have you? Um, and particularly when you add that word chronic in there, um, especially when it's instead of, say, persistent or long-term or, or recurring or all the other things that can kind of qualify duration, then, um, then it tends to be a bit of a lump, lumping things in. And, and there's some reason for lumping things in. I'm not saying necessarily a good reason, but I can understand it. And the, here's, the, here's the kicker then, right? So the, 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 the problem that I have with it most is that there, the element of it being non-specific is what they're meaning by that is tissue non-specific in terms of what we're able to be be um, particular on in terms of what is driving the cause of someone's problem. And so, therefore, my issue is that there is nothing more specific than low back pain, particularly chronic low back pain. You're never going to have two the same. It's so specific to the individual that's got it, right? I've got some back pain sat here now. Now you mention it, probably because I'm talking about it, but also because I do struggle uh, in many ways with with back pain. And people know a bit about my story. I'll know that that's had its had its uh, waxing and waning in its severity. Uh, but um, you know, it's very specific to me. You know how incredibly individual because it's as individual as I am as a person, and so. The non-specific element just seems like it's it's clumsy because it's 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 tissue non-specific, in a sense as best we can guess because anything to guess it really would be a guess to imply that some things are more important than than others. You know, so the, the 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 facets matter more than the discs that matter more than the nerves that matter more than the tissues and fascia and all that sort of stuff, right? The specificity argument is about tissue, and so. This show isn't going to make a case for granular biomechanical or structural diagnoses that we should therefore use that terminology and hark back to that on the bad old days of real biomedicalism and structuralism. But then also, I think we are indulging biomedicalism and structuralism to then offer such a nondescript label that is still a label and then one that really has significant consequences. You know, it's just like a, a like a catch-all term that means that then we're losing the specificity, means that we lose the personalised touch of us considering that human in front of them and as having a really particular problem. Yeah, they might have some things in common, of course, but the specificity is is actually huge. So it's not just me being pedantic. Like, I think... or trying to be clickbaity in this instance. You know, I admitted to being clickbaity earlier on in the week, didn't I say in a view from the ICU because it sounded sounded cool. Whereas this isn't meant to be clickbait. It's something I feel really passionate about because it's not like I'm just being pedantic. I think that 
that how specific it is is actually really important to the care that we want to deliver and the reforms that we want to achieve that would mean that the structures then give professionals and patients a better opportunity to overcome these problems which is obviously what we want to do so the specificity i think it's like to, to call things non-specific academically you can kind of comprehend it if you're having to put some sort of term to it especially if you're aggregating papers that, 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 that are using that language from old that are of good value but you want to inform your meta-analysis fine oh excuse me sorry rude for me to yawn it yeah, i'm boring myself I said that again earlier this week i didn't mean to not sleeping well as per usual babies um but I think, therefore, it's not pedantic. I'm, I'm really frustrated by sometimes the lack of specificity, not tissue specificity, not because I'm like, oh, people need to hone in on which particular facet joint is a problem. But I think that the, to lose specificity in recognition that it's individualized and personalized and that that person, therefore, needs to be deeply involved in their care and the management of their problem is something that I feel so passionate about. And I think that the language does matter then. I think that the, dis the, the, the dismissive nature of, of that as, a, as, a, as just a catch-all is, is frustrating and that we will not be able to counter those that um, want to be really tissue-specific on everything and think that, you know, I, I mean, the, to, to just use a, a phrase and a name and a school of thought, really, it's like people like Stu McGill, who's a biomechanist in America, if you don't know about him, about the Canadian, is it that, that they want to pursue tissue-specific diagnoses or biomechanically-specific diagnoses, right? Their, their argument that, that there's no such thing as non-specific low back pain because it's not been assessed properly, and they want to then hark back to a really, like, it's this particular corner of this particular disc. That is certainly not my argument. And, in fact, I think we're going to struggle to counter that school of thought, which I disagree with, not on everything, most important things. I think we're going to not be able to counter that properly if we then go, well, it's just so vague. It's so, you know, it's just, you know, if we give out some knee rolls and, and tell them to go walking and cross our fingers and they should just, you know, uh, they, they, they should just learn to self-manage and, and, and cope. And I don't mean like supported and influenced and, and educated self-management of which I'm an advocate. I mean, like, there's something dismissive about it, isn't there? There's something that's like lump into a category and then be dismissive about what it needs and what it takes and stuff like that. And that, that kind of really bothers me. So I'm going to draw on the comments, and especially because, you know, again, I mean, it's, I'm in such esteemed company uh, in the comments because Pete Moore's in there. Uh, he's on LinkedIn. He's just had a little listen. He said he's, uh, he's out for a ride on the, on the, on the bike. So I think he's, uh, he's, he's been in for, for a few minutes and then he's off again, which is great. But thanks, Pete, for your comments. He's, oh, this is lovely as well because he's agreeing with me. He said it sounds like a very medical term. It does, doesn't it? You know, it's like what, what, we had to we had to put a name on it and therefore just because it's a better name than when we were being really specific tissue-wise, we've kind of still labelled it, still named it, and it does sound very medical because it kind of is. Um, and also he's saying here it's not always about the pain. The ways in which the specific, the specific nature of how this stuff affects you means that there might be more important things than, say, the tissue and more important things than, say, even the pain. So, uh, so yeah, thanks, Pete. Really appreciate your thoughts. What about the rest of you? What about uh, how, how much you feel uh, this term has proliferated? Is it a problem? Am I being pedantic? Am I, am I splitting hairs? Or do you agree that it's a, it's a problem? Because it's something that um, just because some people are against the term because they want to be more tissue-specific, I think doesn't mean that we should succumb to not challenging this language when we see it, 
um, because I think that the specificity really matters. Now, what do I mean by that then in terms of what does care look like, right? What does it mean when the rubber hits the road in clinic? When I see someone who has, you know, people say axial low back pain, another, another uh, way of trying to delineate it away from leg symptoms or radicular pain, is then, uh, or just or that, it, that, it's, that it's something that is, people sometimes say it's like it's classic right it's like they're, they're, they're tense and tender and, and, and sore in that region and so they're like well what do we call that then you know, lumbago or lumbalgia or whatever the hell terms get called and stuff and so low back pain i'm not I have no problem do i have a problem with low back pain no it's just a description of where uh, that is and i think that that's probably where i'd conclude is if yeah if you need a broad umbrella term for people that have pain in a region then describe it as such and then the differentiation, if you feel that there is some sort of pathology or structure that is then more relevantly at fault, right? So someone's had quite an overt spondylolisthesis um, that then they, they also happen to have low back pain, then you might then have that coupled, man. You might say that this is someone that, that if you needed to, to medically code it or to speak specifically to that diagnosis or you were writing something up that needed to be more particular, then offering that differentiation is wise and lumping them in Excuse me, that's not good, is it? Just yawning on screen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, the the way in which we would lump those two things in would be clumsy, wouldn't it? Spondylolisthesis and then classic axial or back pain or whatever. So I think that we need to just get over the fact that then you know, low, low back pain is, is, is less contentious because it is just a descriptor. Now, patients might not like that. That's another thing I want to ask you guys about. Um, you know, is that a problem? Uh, is it a problem for you intellectually and accuracy-wise, academically? But then also, what do you think? Well, do patients like that term? Do you use it with patients? If not, then what might work in replacement of it? Do you, do you feel that the patients bait you into being more specific? So if you said, as I'm arguing, you know, it's you've, you've got low back pain, is it just description? I can't imagine Benny would argue against that if they're describing pain in the low back region. But um, do patients, uh, in your experience, then press you for yeah? But what's causing it? What type? You know, what's what's affecting that? What is it? The disc? Is it the? Is it you know? They're wanting something more specific structurally. Um, and if they are, then how might it be that non-specific chronic low back pain would be the thing that would suddenly help you in that direction? I can't imagine it does. I imagine that makes things worse. So I don't see what it adds, um, but I think it takes away a lot, and it takes away that specificity. So I'm making the case then that that uh, we need to, uh, until we've got better information and knowledge as to what we might be able to be more specific on, um, and and start to use, uh, like I just mentioned, where if there's someone that's otherwise no no, no history of any back problems and then uh, quite an acute, um, whilst in an extreme extension, uh, develops a pars fracture and a spondylolisthesis whilst doing gymnastics, develops low back pain off the back of that, um, then you can't ignore some of the non-specific features structurally non-specific features <laughs> nearly made the mistake than myself um around that that presentation but also it'd be remiss to ignore them the particulars wouldn't it it'd be it'd be a real shame to to ignore that the structure of which has been disrupted there with fracture and, and slippage is going to be influencing that person's um experience so i think that having something as a baseline and then when we have evidence 
and by that I don't just mean um, written research evidence. I mean like evidence that's emerged from the consultation and the like and our experiences. When we have evidence that then informs you to think that this is something that is much more structurally specific or there's other levels of specificity that you want to bring to bear non-specifically with tissues that are, that are specific to other things, then that's fine as well. But the baseline being low back pain rather than the baseline being it's non-specific and needs to be declared as such. I think that then you miss an opportunity to describe some of the ways in which and understand some of the ways in which this is specific to that individual, right? What specific work-related or sports-related or hobby-related features uh, does that mean? And obviously, yeah, Pete was in the comments, so I'm going to use him. Is that the thing that would be specific about Pete's pain experiences? Some of the specificity about both how it manifests itself in him and how it manifests in his life. It's going to be related to his his biking, right? He rides his he rides his Harley's and. Um, you know, imagine that that the specific nature of what he asks of his body and what he wants his body to do is uh, is going to be relevant to that. So it just seems remiss if you miss that opportunity. Um, so yeah, what I've um, well, let's uh, let me just bring in um, a couple of comments. Um, it's, it's funny, it's just one. Let me click. So Pete commented on LinkedIn, and they're working, and now other ones from from. Uh, from Twitter aren't from Periscope. So yeah, sorry about that. I'm going to come back to that. Um, what I would like to ask you guys is, is it such that we, do we treat the back differently to other body parts, right? How are you more likely to suggest that something's non-specific chronic low back pain than you are non-specific chronic shoulder pain? If so, why? Is it because it's misunderstood or because it's more in, more understood? That's the thing. Is the more research in the back than there are sometimes elsewhere. But do you find yourself doing that? Someone presents to you with, with shin pain. Do you say it's non-specific chronic shin pain? Or do you give them tibial stress syndrome? Uh, uh, sorry, what's my, what's my, my thing there um, classically? Medial tibial stress syndrome, shin splints. Why is it then you're being, that's still an umbrella diagnosis, but why is it you're not putting non-specific in there? So it's a, it's a funny one. So hopefully, I've just reset it, but is that working? You'll have to tell me if you can see that, guys, because it's not going up on my screen. So when I hit that button, um, you've just to let me know whether this is working. But I've got a message here. I can't see if it's whether it's coming up on screen, but Kath Pipe has said, so much to discuss here, Jack. Do we ever have non-specific neck pain? Well, again, what's the specificity, right? Tissue non-specific. Yeah, do let me know if that's coming up on screen, guys, because it's playing up again. It's my question system. But um, I think we we are, of course, we get um, like how can an, how can someone's neck pain be non-specific on every variable? So we clearly what we're meaning by non-specific is tissue non-specific or narrow diagnosis non-specific. So that's the thing that's really frustrating um, is when people are then implying that there's a homogeneity of back pain or neck pain or whatever it is, that, that, that there's something that's so generic about it, right? There's something that is so not affected. The, the differences aren't as relevant as the similarities that that sound of annoys me across the body parts. And, and so I don't care where the body part regions are. I just think it really matters. Now, 
again, I can't see whether or not they're coming up on screen, but I'm trying. And uh, and, and there's a message here from Kath Piper. If I'm not able to show you, it says you need sleep. And she's absolutely right. And I'm sorry for yawning down the uh, down the camera at you. That's not cool. Um, there's a comment here from Carol Hunter that says, do we need a diagnosis? Is diagnosis useful, non-specific or otherwise? Um, great point, Carol. Do we need a diagnosis? Right. This is one of the things that who's the we? Is that therapists or is that patients? I think therapists sometimes need a diagnosis, especially if they're someone that's a real categorical thinker. Sometimes we need it. And I think that's a bad, bad reason that we sometimes crave it is because we're trying to pigeonhole people into boxes. Um, so we sometimes do it for that reason. One of the good reasons to have a diagnosis is to try and communicate interprofessionally and to document it accurately. Um, so sometimes things um, like that are indicated. So I'm not one that would rid ourselves and rid the world of diagnoses. But that's an in, uh, that's a professional answer. The um, the thing with with whether the we would include we societally or we as patients say, do we need a diagnosis? Sometimes that is very individually specific. Like how bothered someone is about a diagnosis. Don't make the assumption that they want you to be really tissue specific. In fact, that might make it that might throw them off they might be really concerned about that you might be that's one of the reasons for not giving a specific tissue specific diagnosis is because you, you're in, you're making an implication that that is a specific fault that then well if that heals then i'm sorted and we all know that that's not the case and that tissue healing is is not the center of the bullseye for back pain and so how useful a diagnosis is for me depends on how useful the patient finds it there is some clinician related variables there like how useful a diagnosis could be to two clinicians needing to speak in five minutes about a problem then if they had to beat around the bush and not use a uh, a category that has been defined medically then that would be a, a shame sorry if you can hear the phone ringing uh, we've not got a, anyone else in we've had classic covid related uh, staff staff disruption so that'll ring out and be done um but uh, yeah that's that's a really good point as i say i don't know if they're pulling up on screen but i can see them and they're, and they're great so thanks carol um bernadette johnson has made a great point here pain from scoliosis is so often dismissed as non-specific back pain that is very true now i think one of the things that's interesting about it because i don't like the non-specific that, that's classically me this whole show has been about that one of the things that's interesting about scoliosis is that there are some some cases where it is like it needs to be treated relevantly differently to someone that hasn't got a scoliosis. And then there's other times whereby a scoliosis, a, a treatment of someone with a scoliosis or the assessment of someone with a scoliosis. And Bernadette might disagree with me on this, of course, but it's like there are sometimes the scoliosis happens to be like I've had patients that have had a, a, an RTA and a um, a thoracic fracture from an RTA that then only on that investigation um, you would um, I suppose only on investigation would you find that that has that someone has a mild scoliosis and that that scoliosis is not relevant to those symptoms but is also relevant to this person having never had any problems with their back so you've got they happen to live with and mild scoliosis that is just part of their architecture, isn't worsening both structurally or pain-wise, doesn't affect them at all. In that instance, you treat and manage the fracture and they return to normal life and function and activity and they're otherwise fine. In those instances, you'd think that then 
to diagnose someone and imply some real deep relevance to their scoliosis. I mean, they've got a right to know about it of themselves, right? You don't keep it from them, but you, you don't want to uh, then make them think that that is inherently pathology. But then in other instances, when, when a scoliosis is very relevant to symptomology, it's so annoying when that gets lumped in to a big umbrella category in which it feeds a dismissal of people's symptoms and also a dismissal of sometimes the specificity of care that they might want, right? So if it's something that is more specific in this instance structurally or, or architecturally, I would say, let's say anatomically they've got this deviation in their spine laterally or rotational elements often to, to, to uh, scoliosis. He said, why would you not want to understand some of the specific variables and therefore not be seen to be dismissing? Um, and I think this, this is a great follow-up as well from Bernadette. Um, again, hopefully it's showing on screen is that patients equate a diagnosis with being taken seriously. Now, this is something we need to work on to some extent. It's totally understandable as to why, but if there is a continued craving from patients to need a diagnosis to be taken seriously, then there is always that risk of the fact that they're going to need to get used to, or we as a society are going to need to get used to, really what I don't like as diagnosis is these non-specific X, right, and just describe region and chronicity. Is the cut because if they want a more specific diagnosis than that on a tissue level for many cases, then it would just be someone that would be at best guessing and at worst lying about what the specific diagnosis is. And that is not a healthy outlook. We shouldn't aspire to falsehoods just because we've made those mistakes historically. And we shouldn't aspire to falsehoods or, or end up having to comply with falsehoods because of a patient craving for specificity. Now, that doesn't mean for a second that I'm disagreeing with Bernadette here. I think patients do equate a diagnosis with being taken seriously. So how do we solve that? We make sure we take them appropriately seriously, regardless of the diagnostic label of which we do or a lack of diagnostic label we're able to give. Yeah. Being appropriately empathetic, giving them the space to unpack their problem and, and allowing ourselves to for them to know that they might not be getting the tissue-specific diagnosis, but they're getting the specificity brought to bear on the fact that we've assessed and heard out their specific concerns, their specific variables that they think are influencing it, but we're also being specific in the way in which we manage this problem ongoing, regardless of what body part, but particularly when it comes to spinal pain. And so if we do that well, and they therefore are being taken seriously because of our conversation and our actions, then hopefully that will mean that there isn't a craving for some sort of label that they can put into Google, right? Because they won't need to go to Google quite as readily. That sort of thing is what I'm meaning. And so I don't think there's such thing as non-specific chronic low back pain because, of course, it's so specific. It's specific to the individual. It's the most specific thing in the world. But I'm not harking back to a tissue-specific diagnosis all the time unless appropriate, and there's plenty of occasions where it is, and we've discussed some of those. We need instead to be probably regionally um, describing the location of say symptoms. Subacromial pain I used to really like. It feels a bit, that's a bit too specific because you don't necessarily know it's subacromial, but you know, non-specific shoulder pain, what you're meaning there is structurally non-specific. So, you know, it's just given regional descriptors giving tissue-specific diagnoses where appropriate, where we can have uh, this credible reasoning-based argument and evidence to suggest that that is actually really relevant that, that, to the specific structures, tendinopathies or something like that. And then generally speaking, mature our approach 
and making sure that patients then feel felt and feel recognized uh, by their analysis, their assessment, sorry, and their treatment, uh, regardless of the sp specifics or not of their diagnosis. And I think that, that hopefully will move us in the right direction. So yeah, one of my somehow more controversial opinions from what I understand, uh, but then please, uh, I would really value your thoughts. Thanks to those that have joined. Sorry for any comments I, I wasn't able to get to, particularly because some of them from Twitter aren't feeding through. Uh, but I uh, really appreciate you and uh, have a great weekend. I'm going to end the stream. I finished, uh, I started a little uh, late, so I'm going to finish a little early. Um, so we're not quite done in the half hour. But uh, yeah, thanks a lot. And I'll see you, uh, see you soon for more Tune It Over. I've got some people covering the show uh, next couple of weeks, but I might be about as well uh, in part. So uh, thanks a lot for that. And I'll see you soon.